0: hey this is adam from toronto and i support creative control because vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in canada or anywhere in the world really he approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work no one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does with a mixture of meticulous research wise artistic insights and well-humored personal connections i proudly support vish and creative control on patreon you should too
3: to make your flexible monthly
0: donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol today.
1: Things are shit, but they're gonna be okay. And I'm gonna see the otters. If there are any otters? There are. Well, we can check. And I'm gonna see the water
2: caterpillar. Florence Shaw and Lewis Maynard are both inventive and talented songwriters who hail from South London in the United Kingdom. Along with their longtime mates Nick Buxton and Tom Dowse, Maynard and Shaw formed the refreshingly unique rock band Dry Cleaning in 2017 and subsequently released critically acclaimed singles, EPs, and two albums to date, including their 2021 breakthrough LP, New Long Leg. On October 21st, 2022, 4AD released Stumpwork, the second Dry Cleaning full-length, and one of the most brilliant and compelling records of the year. Florence and Lewis and I connected recently during some brief downtime on Dry Cleaning's busy world tour, And we discuss things like uh, the ozone layer hole above New Zealand that likely caused Lewis's recent sunburn, his move from hip-hop turntablism to punk rock bass guitar, why Florence is drawn to different forms of shuffling, her unlikely post as a lead lyricist and singer in a band that was built for friendship, and some silliness, how dry cleanings work helped the band and Lewis, in particular, grieve and cope with the loss of his mother, how family dynamics informed Florence's lyrics on Stumpwork, and a song about a missing tortoise, good advice they received from Simon Le Bon, endless touring and new songs, other future plans, and much, much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network, with the support of listeners like you, who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash control, which is the primary source of revenue for all the work that goes into making uh, this show each week. Again, please visit patreon.com slash control if you are so inclined to support the show with a monthly donation. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and wonderful staff who will happily help you fulfill anything you want Say you want to order a copy of Stumpwork by Dry Cleaning. I mean, that's easy. You just go to blackbird.ca, type stuff in, particularly the words stumpwork or dry cleaning, and you should be able to order yourself a copy right there. Again, that website, blackbird.ca. Plus, in kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Grandad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 740 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Florence Shaw and Lewis Maynard from Dry Cleaning, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. And I'm going to see the water caterpillar. There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. Nice idea. Hi, Florence. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Vish. It's nice to meet you and see you, even though we're nowhere near each other. Where in the world are you today?
1: Uh We're in Auckland, in New Zealand. Also, I should say, how are you?
2: Oh, that's nice. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, you. I don't know if you know this. It's like a bit of a running gag on the show where I say, hey, how are you? And people say, I'm fine. And I go, okay.
1: I don't know. mean to be... <laughs> I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's just a funny thing. And I've been trying to stop myself from saying, I'm fine too. Thanks for asking. Cause it gets a little awkward. And I have a theory that it's mostly Americans that don't ask me how I'm doing. You have just blown that theory out of the water. And, uh, <laughs> but, but as Canadians, we're, we, we're related, aren't we? I'm a Canadian. You're, how would you designate yourself?
1: I suppose my passport says I'm British. So let's go with that.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, again, we we as Canadians have to be deferential to the British based on our previous history. So I will just say, no problem. I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. You're in Auckland, <laughs> New Zealand, uh, presumably on yeah. tour. Is that correct?
1: Yep. Yep. Very much on tour. We just uh, flew from uh, Tokyo to here a few days ago. And then next, we're going to Australia.
2: <laughs> wow, that's a whirlwind. Have
4: I was about to say, it's the start of a very long tour. Uh, yes, and we got some laminates the other day, and it was quite scary to see all the dates on one piece of paper.
2: Scary is an interesting word to use, because <laughs> we're hearing this a lot from musicians, the daunting nature of touring, how sustainable it is, all these sorts of things. We can get into that in a moment, but I should say, and we should all say, Lewis, are you there? I heard you. I heard you there, Lewis. How's it going?
4: Hello. I'm very well, thank you. And how are you?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm well. Thanks for asking. It's very kind of you. I appreciate your courtesy and manners. No, it's uh, nice to <laughs> see you, Lewis. Uh, presumably, you know you're, you're not Americans, in
4: the same <laughs> Oh, no, we're not in the same hotel. Yeah, sorry. If I was about to say, do you know how you said Americans don't ask how you are? The easiest way to confuse an American is to say, Are you all right? Which is like a very British term of kind of just saying hello. Yes. But if you say to an American, You all all right? They get so confused.
2: What are yeah. some of the responses you get to, are you all right? What have you,
4: well, what have in, you heard back? In, in the UK, you, you, you should just respond, are you all right back? Oh. Or yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, it's not really a proper question.
2: So in England, it's just an endless, yeah. it's a vicious circle of if someone's all right. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, you all right. And then it just goes back and forth. I see.
4: It's okay. almost like some regions in France where they kiss like on the cheek six times. Sometimes it's like, you are all yes. right? You all right? You all right? You all right. You all right. You right. Okay. I this
2: is my new segment, making fun of America. I, I haven't had this before, but no, it makes sense. Uh, so you're in. You're, uh, I, as you're on tour, uh, Lewis, you I see you're not in the same room, but you're also somewhere in Auckland. I hope is that true, Lewis?
4: I think potentially the floor below Florence. Oh, there you go. So you're yes. in a hotel. You're, you're <laughs> same <in> a, you're <laughs> same in building. Same building.
2: Yeah, that's good. You're same in a building. hotel. So same Wi-Fi. This is good. It's like you're we're sharing the the, the airwaves together. No, that's nice. Have you been Lewis, to uh, New Zealand before?
4: No, uh, I'm very excited to be here.
2: Nice. How is it? How does it feel so far? Does it feel different? Does Slightly it feel like sore
4: because we only learned yesterday about the hole in the ozone layer here, which means you get sunburnt very quickly. Oh. And it wasn't that hot yesterday. I was wearing like a denim shirt and I was wearing a pair of jeans and uh, I got quite sunburnt on my face. So uh, I woke up feeling quite sore today.
2: Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. You <laughs> look well, if I might say. I don't see it in your face. Well,
4: okay. That's that's the lighting.
2: <laughs> yeah, so the hotel lighting is attractive to you. I did not, Flo, I did not know this, Florence, that there is a specific hole in the ozone layer designed specifically yeah. for New Zealand. Is that what Lewis just said? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Over, I have I believe it's over Australia and New Zealand and, yeah, just this this part of the world generally. That, yes, I think it's easier to get burnt here. I I told somebody this yesterday. In fact, I told Nick, who drums in dry cleaning, yesterday. And I immediately sort of, like, doubted myself, thinking, like, saying that out loud, it sounds mad. (laughs) But it turns out it's true. It turns out it's true. Um, and that it is easier to get sunburnt
2: here. So yeah. Well, ev- <laughs> evidently from Lewis's experience, I, I'm very sad and sorry to hear this. Having learned this information, Lewis, do you go on Wikipedia? Do you dig into why the hole is larger over where you are? Is it your fault somehow? You specifically? Did you figure this out? <laughs>
4: I think it's been here for a while. I think it's getting better. So I I like to think it's not my fault. Yeah. It's apparently it's been better since I got here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this is news. I, I've had, I will tell you, uh, three artists or guests, I guess, from New Zealand on the show this year. And that's unprecedented. It's never happened before. So something's going on in New Zealand. I had uh, Brett McKenzie and then the Beths. They were all on and I've never, Mm. and I had to do this weird time zone thing. What are the odds? You guys made time for me. First of all, thank you so much for making time for me on tour. That's very kind of you. I don't know what I've done to deserve this honor, but thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, what are the odds? Another New Zealand call. I'm just trying to figure out time zones. You're also, as I'm speaking to you, it is a uh, Monday, December 5th. W- what day is it in New Zealand, Florence?
1: I think, I think it's also, oh no, it's Tuesday come on that's yeah i was about to i was about to say it's also monday i haven't got a clue anymore i've completely lost track of like what day of the week <laughs> it is, what time it is but yes it's tuesday and it's uh 10 past 11
2: in the morning in the morning oh my god okay sorry that's yeah. very weird weird that's very that's strange
1: it's super okay.
2: weird well uh, jet lag you okay you're hanging in there It's is a it weird like you're disoriented <sighs> or are you okay
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, it's, it's a right answer from any band traveling i appreciate that yeah no that's Which, fine i
4: think i think we're technically the furthest away time zone wise as we can be from the uk i think at one point in the year you can be 14 hours by the moment we're plus 13 hours
2: it's bizarre it's yeah, so bizarre yeah. but i hear the people are very nice i'm sure lewis if you uh, oh they're amazing stop someone on the street and ask for a bomb for your sunburn they'd hook you right up that's what i think
4: well I actually had some, when, when we arrived two days ago, I went to the supermarket and uh, they had uh, these paper bags, which we don't really have in the UK. And I put too much, too many items in it. And then while I was walking down the street, it broke like very Home Alone style oh. <laughs> and they went all on the floor and I wasn't too sure how I was going to get my items home. because I was like halfway between the shop and our hotel uh, and some kind lady stopped. Two, two people actually stopped and both gave me bags. Oh, well that's, which is really sweet. That's lovely. So I've, people people friendly here.
2: Yeah. I've heard that about the New Zealand people and that was my experience. If I may generalize based on two conversations I had in the year 2022, but they seem very nice. Yeah. So that, that's lovely. Well, listen, I appreciate the uh, time and place, however bizarre it is. Uh, I pr- appreciate the setting. I want to thank you again for being on the show and congratulate you on your work thus far, particularly, uh, stump work. It's a wonderful record. Uh Florence uh, I just wanted to say that uh, to you both uh thank you for being dry cleaning and uh, uh how are how are you feeling it's been a, a successful year I think it's been a weird year and I gather from some of the information I received a tough year for you guys personally uh but how are you feeling being in dry cleaning at the moment Florence
1: Um great I mean yeah it feels good it's certainly strange in some ways uh, it's a strange lifestyle, you know. It's a weird job. But it's uh, it feels really good. Yeah. I mean, we played to like 700 people in Tokyo the other day. Wow. Which, which <sighs> I mean, I feel sort of a bit speechless about. It's like so far from where we're from. And just uh, yeah, a, a completely different world in so many ways. And then there are these people there that know our music. It just is really mad.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. It, it's remarkable. You would you would it, is, do you feel like I know you're inside of it. It must be hard to tell. I don't know, Florence. Have you been in other bands mm. before this one? I should ask you that first of all. Uh, no, okay.
1: <laughs> no, this is this is my first band.
2: <laughs> okay, so you have no uh, no um, way to compare the success and the speed of the success with anything else.
1: Not really. I mean, I was, I, I'm, I, I'm also a, an artist. So I draw and make things. Um, so I guess I can compare the amount of success I had doing that mm. with this which was much, much less. <laughs> um, I know what it's like to make things and the audience for them be small, very yes. small and very localized and basically be your sort of friend group. I know what that's like. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's quite a good comparison in a way. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, but not not musically, no.
2: <laughs> no, well, that's a, this is exciting. I want to get into your foray into music because it seems somewhat unlikely. <laughs> by what you're what you're just saying, it just seems to be something that kind of happened. So we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, Louis, sort of similar question: Have you played in bands before? Uh, let's start with that.
4: Too many bands.
2: A lot, <laughs> a lot of, of bands.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've played in a lot of bands. Okay. Me and Nick were talking about it the other day. I think I kind of just like I think I've played in like over thirty bands, and he was 30. like, oh, I think it's about over fifty for me. Yeah. There's some bands which were just a rehearsal, some bands which was just a, a one show. Some bands kind of maybe a tour. Yeah. Yeah. Some bands I'm just like filling in playing bass. I used to do a little bit of session work. Right. Um, so I used to kind of just play bass. Apparently there was no bass players in London for about 10 years. So I used to kind of play with just various bands. Yeah. I uh, just, I had around.
2: to, I had to go through an exercise for, uh, some, someone asked me to be on their own, their own podcast and show. So, and their request was, can you send me 11 songs you've played on? And I thought they were asking me because of this work that I do but uh, I said yeah I can I've made like six seven records myself but it's true there was a point I don't know if you had this Lewis but there was a point in the early part of this century where I had a band practice every single day of the week because I was in five bands concurrently and had to make that did you have you had that experience
4: oh yeah 100% I remember one moment I had two rehearsals in one day with two different bands and the drummer from the first rehearsal was having breakfast with her housemate and she was like, oh, we've got a new bass player today. And then her housemate, a guitarist, was like, oh, we've got a new bass player coming today as well. And it turned out it was me. And I was playing in both their bands for some shows coming up.
2: <laughs> it's very weird when you're an in-demand uh person, I suppose. But also, by the way, I thought London had uh, was lousy with bass players and musicians. Why do they all come to you? Lewis, this is a testament to you and your skills yeah, and your personality, you. <laughs> I think. right? They all want you, even though there's like... I I was, when I was talking about it, it it's like a small university town in Ontario, Canada. (laughs) You, you're in the heart of London. I mean, is there something about you we need to know? Are you a magical person? I'm cheap. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was not anticipating that in the list of reasons. Okay, you're you're affordable. Okay, I got that.
4: Now, I, I think for a period of time around me, I was the only person who, I think their first instrument was bass. Ah. There's a lot of bass players who bass is like their second instrument. Even Nick, the drummer in Dry Cleaning, he's a, an amazing bass player. Oh. But
2: uh, yeah. How did you get into the bass? So I think bass is smart. That's That's a smart instrument to take up. Because, like, we've you, you need everyone needs you at some point. So, good thinking there, Lewis. I think you are crafty. I am going to say yeah. that. But what got you into the bass <laughs> of all the instruments you could have chosen from?
4: Uh, my first instrument was DJing. So, from like fourteen to like sixteen, I, used, I just had like a set of turntables. And I used to kind of play UK garage and maybe like a bit of hip hop and stuff. And oh. then I went to music college, and my dad was like, "You need a proper instrument." So, his brother had a bass, so I got that bass uh hated it and then about a year later a a college friend came over and was like you've got a bass and we've i played for about a week then decided to get a bass clef tattooed on me because i was at that age was very influential to get things tattooed on me and then i kind of had to play bass (laughs) because i had a bass clef tattooed on my arm and uh here i am 20 years later is that
2: the rules (laughs) if you get something tattooed on your arm and it must be your vocation from that (laughs) point forward like
4: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it going i'm gonna get some other things tattooed Okay, the, but maybe could be like a bit of Japanese you so didn't have to learn Japanese. That's or a
2: good call, actually. So, uh just to clarify, when you say you were a DJ, were you into kind of turntablism, like actual? Yeah. Or were, or yeah, were you exactly, just yeah. like what I'm distinction I'm making is actually learning to scratch and be a hip hop DJ, or were you into more just mixing events and things like that?
4: Okay, mixing events, but I had the. To- Brief period where I was kind of into was it the DMC championships where it's purely just scratching and that kind of stuff? You
2: were in that, you were Um, in those championships?
4: No, I wasn't in it, I was into it. Me and my friend would, uh, you could buy like uh, videos of it uh, at the record shop and watch them together and kind of try to do it
2: right. So, like Kid Koala, A Track, these sorts of people, are you familiar with them? Yeah, yeah, okay, just making sure Um, I just want to. That's quite a turn you took (laughs) from that to bass, so that something must have happened. You got into rock at some point.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That it was the Strokes. One day, I kind of just found them while watching TV, and it kind of, kind of changed my musical listening. And I it see. kind of, kind of changed it quite quickly. And and then I went to college, and uh, so I went to college, we've kind of pushed lots of bands on me at once. Oh, and uh, yeah, I kind of jumped into it.
2: Okay, well, we'll get into your influences in a in a moment. But same question I asked uh, Florence there, uh, sort of. You've mm. been in thirty bands. We've established. Yeah. Were any of them ones we would know? Were any of them ones that were so busy that you were like, I, this is my life now? Uh, or was it all, like you said, mm-hmm. job, you were kind of jobbing, it sounds like.
4: Yeah, there was, um, there was a period where maybe I was doing a handful of shows a month. It was never full-time work. Okay. It was, uh, it was but at most part-time work, yeah. yeah.
2: So as a musician, you must know uh, success can be one in a million. Yeah, you don't know, like Florence was saying, like, I, I, I was an artist and now this is happening and it's surprising. Does the success of dry cleaning thus far, does it surprise you, Lewis? Given, given the kind of music you're making, I would say, I mean, that's gotta be a fact. You're not going for the arenas. Sorry, guys. This isn't meant to be disparaging. I'm not suggesting you're trying to fill a stadium full of people. I mean, it'd be great. I'm sure it could happen. It's so great I love it but I'm just saying you're not you're not going for that commercial sound you know you're not going to get on the radio even though it's happening I'm babbling a little bit but I'm trying to defend myself from insulting you I'm sorry now Lewis are you surprised knowing what you know about music and, and how success works are you surprised by how quickly uh, dry cleaning seems to have ascended
4: How quickly yes it's the first band I've been in, which I listened to for pleasure myself. Hmm. So I think maybe that says a lot about it. And I think that's kind of, it's the first band where I think my friends have turned around to me when we've released records have been like, this sounds more like you than anything you've done in the past. So I think it's a very true to ourselves project. And so I kind of, I like the idea of the success that we get from it as in, it's like a nice story of being kind of just do what you, the sound you want to make. Yeah. Um, And it kind of, of, it works for us.
2: Now, Florence, I want to ask you about how you know Lewis and the other members of this band. Mm. Uh, But since it's Germaine, did you, had you seen Lewis play music before you started playing together?
1: Oh, yeah, plenty of times. We'd known each other for about 10 years, something like that, when we started the band. We met, we met when we were like 18, 19, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. So, yes, I had seen him perform a lot. He's also I mean <laughs> it's worth saying that he's a great performer like really uh people talk about the way that Lewis moves on stage and performs on stage it's he's got his own thing and it's uh yeah so I was I was pretty thrilled to be in a band with him
2: <laughs> Nice uh just to just to Thanks. follow up on that Lewis <laughs> do you have any uh performative heroes people whose stage presence perhaps influences your own
4: I think in the same way where musically I get influenced by stuff, I bring it in and it comes out very different. Like in my head, I think of Tina Weymouth when I'm performing oh. a lot. And I do not look like or act like Tina Weymouth on stage. Now and again, there might be like a slight crab motion sideways, <laughs> but um, it never comes out how you want it to. I,
2: I, I've observed this about comedians. When a comedian uh, is about to do an impression of, of someone else, I can see their whole body, their physicality is trying to change. It's not just the voice. I've seen it on talk shows all the time. You you can see it. Their eyes just change as an actor. So I wonder, do you, Tina Weymouth, a wonderful bass player from Talking Heads, do you picture her? Do you? Does she fill your soul as you're turning into Tina Weymouth? How does that work for you?
4: Uh, yeah, now and again, as in, it's just uh, a nice. You, you, you can get distracted so easily on stage, and your mind could go in so many different directions. Right. So, kind of just to focus on someone who you love and adore, and to kind of channel their energy. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. I've got it. Okay, Florence. Uh, your similar kinds of questions, I suppose. I I, I want to mm. know more about what got you into this realm. Uh, yeah. To follow up on what you were saying earlier, and within that, do you have musical influences that you can share with us as a writer? And as a very unique singer, I'm curious about those things. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. I, I always find influences tricky because my listening habits are not, they're not very linear. I, I jump around a lot. And I don't, also don't often listen to albums. I'm kind of a oh. real, uh, I feel like I'm a shuffler. Remember when Shuffle came in as a feature? (laughs) I was kind of like exact, I was like exactly the right age where from that point on, I just like never listened to albums again. And I always listened to like just tracks on their own. So it's funny. It's like, it's not a really traditional kind of musicians sort of, I can't reel off albums and bands in the same way that some musicians can. And I was always listening as a fan rather than a, someone who was also making music because I only been doing that quite recently, but in terms of writing, there were a few people that I, I always listened to the words in music. When I was younger, I was a really big Smiths fan. They're definitely the first, first band I listened to where I felt really excited about the sort of potential of lyrics and the kind of themes, like where things can go beyond love songs. Mm. Uh, Also just like humour, how funny lyrics can be. And also I'm a big fan of Bjork's lyrics, actually. Yeah. I really like, she's obviously writing in a second language and I, I enjoy... I enjoy what, what that kind of leads to. It's almost like sometimes sentences in her writing are very long. And sometimes you can tell when she wants to be really specific or she wants to be more vague. And it's done in such a way that's, that's, I think, I think potentially influenced by the fact that it's a second language. And I really Mm. enjoy, I really enjoy the sort of, um, unpredictability of that. Um, Going back, going back to your,
2: your love of shuffling yeah right yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it's like uh yeah there are so many people really uh who, who's who's writing i i really like but it's quite it's fairly random
2: <laughs> well uh, that, i think everything you're saying checks out in terms of your approach as a singer and as a writer if i may say i feel do you hmm. feel like shuffle like so for those who are who am i kidding no one young listens to this show Look how old I am. (laughs) I was going to say for those who are younger and don't remember shuffle, there might be people who don't know the technology, but shuffle, uh, I think you're referring mostly to the CD. Well, no, I guess iPods had them too, but CD shuffling. Yeah. Was quite different. It was like you press the button on your CD player. You put your record in your CD and you press a button and it just picked your, it picked its own sequence. So you didn't have to listen to the album in order, which was kind of weird. I didn't understand why I, that was.
4: There was also the iPod
2: Shuffle. That's right. It's yeah. the, I.
1: I'm thinking of yeah. literally the shuffle, so the MP3 feature. Right. Because it's it's almost hard to remember that that was at one time a, a new thing. <laughs> that like that, that, that they actually av- they yeah. actually advertised as a feature. They'd show the logo and be like shuffle. <laughs> you know that seems so yeah. weird because that's just really normal now.
2: Does you know? it? Do you think yeah. Florence that shuffle <laughs> kind of anticipated the prominence of internet music consumption? Because what you're getting yeah, at, totally. when you say I don't listen to an album, I like to go on shuffle. I'm an albums person mm-hmm. myself, and I like because I think mm-hmm. records uh, represent uh, uh, context. Uh, a mm-hmm. band, a band, where a, a band is. Sorry, I have like uh, you can see maybe to my to my left. I have a bunch of records, and if I pull one of those records out, Mm -hmm. and it's from 1965, uh, the odds are good. Uh, You can find out what that artist was going through in that week Mm -hmm. or month they were making the record or what was going on socioculturally, historically, and how all of that Mm -hmm. seeps into their music. They may not be writing about a riot or an assassination, but you know it's in the air, right, because of Mm -hmm. the context. So Mm -hmm. I like records for – it's why I don't like – it's funny you say shuffle because a friend recently reminded me that I told him that I hate greatest hits records and I said i mm. I said that. I don't remember saying that. I, I say things I don't remember I say them. that's just who I am. And they said, yeah, mm-hmm. you may I, it always stuck with me because I you're, you said there's no context. Anyway, the mm. shuffle is all about being surprised constantly by something you know because you put everything on that shuffle <laughs> and mm. yet you're like, surprise me, machine and it does. But now the internet is like yeah. this. We're all meant to be generalists. No one knows anything. Oh, I like, uh, hip hop. I like, uh, uh, whatever. I like, uh, Latin music. And you're like, how can you like all these things? But that's how we came up. Mm-hmm. We were open-ended, mm-hmm. uh, open-minded music listeners. Anyway, sorry. I went on a, another one of my rambles. Florence, do you feel like the <laughs> shuffle has anticipated, uh, internet consumption? And do you think you are a product of, of that in a sense, in terms of how you write? Cause you talk about English as a second language. We'll go through it in a moment because I have your lyric sheet in front of me. Some of it sounds mm. like English might be your second language, if I might say. Not to be disparaging. I love it. I love it so much. I love reading. My wife, my son refers to one song, uh, Quenchy Cups. Am I pronouncing that correctly? He's like, yeah. are you playing the song about the otters? I'm like, yes.
0: Yes, I am. And then my wife was
2: just uh, chuckling at every lyric uh in the last two days because she finally listen more closely. So it's very funny. Anyway, again, I'm going on a rant and a tangent, but it's complimentary. My point is, do you feel like you are a product of the internet as, a, as an artist yourself?
1: It's hard to say, uh, because I think to a certain extent, it's just part of my personality. I've never been that bothered by, it's almost like the opposite of what you're saying about albums and things and wanting to know the context. I care very much about context and I and I think context is kind of almost everything when it comes to subject matter. I think the things around something are far more important than the thing itself often Mm. and have a lot more to do with the meaning of the thing. Mm. But I also like to totally ignore context. (laughs) Like I feel like I don't like knowing a lot about bands or musicians. I feel like it always slightly spoils it for me because I always have quite a complete picture in my mind, even if it's like totally sort of made up. And then when I find out the real facts, I always feel a bit sad. And, and yeah, it, it, things always lose something for me when I know too much about them. And um, huh. so, yeah, maybe I'd, I've always like collected things, but never like all sort of like bottle caps or something. It's more like I collect things because of the type of thing they are. Right. Maybe like the color they are or the size they are. So I'll collect like small things and people will be like, what do you mean small things? And I'll be like, well, just things that are small. <laughs> and they'll want it to be, oh, do you collect uh, like doll's house furniture? It's like, well, some of it might be, but not all of it. You know, so it's like, um ah. it maybe it's just like an intuitive thing. I don't, I think categories is like not really my thing. Uh It's more just like, just sort of like follow my interest from inside (laughs) rather than like a prescribed thing.
2: I think you've answered my question. You are a shuffle person. You are a product of shuffling. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Probably. Everything is just different, and but it's still yours. Yeah, you are a shuffler. I I think that's true. Lewis, do you have a take on Florence's approach to singing and writing? Because- uh you put a band together i'm not sure of the chronology of this and maybe you can clarify this lewis but mm-hmm. i assume you know you have a band you have uh, musicians gathered and then you're like who is going to sing how are they going to I, may- I i can't think of being in a band where we've thought how is the person going to sing but maybe you had these conversations lewis what's your perspective on what florence does exactly in dry cleaning keep in mind she's a shuffler so, we have to be cognizant of that fact <laughs> with everything you say. But can you speak to that?
4: Well, the band kind of started as a social gathering, really. And we were kind of, when we invited Florence into the band, it was more just inviting someone into our social gathering, which which was mainly eating with a bit of music on the side. I see. Yeah. And there was, so myself, Nick, and Tom have all been in lots of bands. And when we were talking about inviting someone else in, our first point was we wanted to bring someone in who, wasn't a musician just to kind of change our perspective and kind of like and how our approach to kind of music because we've done it for so long and you kind of normalize all the really rubbish points about being in a band and it's just accepted that you do that yeah it's just accepted that you leave work at lunch and kind of miss out half a page to go to sound check and kind of but you don't sound check till seven in the evening because the sound engineer is four hours late yes and kind of like all these like silly things that you do and you've just been doing it for years so to bring someone in and then try to explain to them why we do stuff be like oh we don't have to do that um, even when it came down to our social media, that was a conversation that we had quite early being like, oh, we don't have to do a, a typical social media where we post pictures of ourselves. So we brought Florence into kind of to change our perspective, but and also have someone to come in and I, I kind of maybe thought that Florence was going to be less musical than she actually is for someone who'd never been in a band. She has like impeccable timing and can recreate what she does. Cause we improvise a lot and we write while improvising. Mm. And then we kind of have to we find ourselves trying to recreate that in the studio and recreate that live, which is quite daunting sometimes because sometimes you're like, oh God, that's really tricky. I remember there's a song called Leafy on our previous record, which took me ages to learn the bass line for it again because it was so all over the place. When we demoed it and I hated it, I was like, I'm never going to improvise like that again. I wasn't, wasn't even improvising. I was just trying to write at the time. Yeah. But um, Florence's approach, and I've never been in a band where the vocalist writes at the same time as the rest of the band, and kind of creates their parts and melodies and kind of rhythms. So that's really interesting because as a bass player, I get to play off Florence more than I would normally a vocalist.
2: That's fascinating because I think with the wonderful band dynamic you have, the singing could have maybe gone in any which direction, but I don't know. I know people apply post to various genre signifiers, and you've gotten some of them. But there are parts of this, like I come from kind of a punk background, so there's parts of it. I'm like, this is like a, could be a post-hardcore thing. Like it it could be a, I mean, some of it feels very post-modern for whatever that means. I don't know if that's necessarily a music genre, but there's like a self-awareness to it that I love. I just love the music so much. But you could have easily had someone screaming over every song and we would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. You went a different way, Lewis. Like that's fascinating to me that you have someone who, Primarily is speaking, but when they aren't, and let's just pretend Florence isn't here right now. And when they aren't, it's a bit <laughs> like when I hear you sing about Gary Ashby and you put that little lilt in like Gary, like it, it's so lovely. It like opens up the record all of a sudden. So I just want to go back to Lewis for a second on this. Like, did you articulate what you wanted to like you talked about the cliches, I think. And what you didn't want, but did you articulate what you thought uh, Florence could be doing within this dynamic? Like, did you guys have a conversation along these lines?
4: No, I think Nick had sent Florence songs Grace Jones tracks. Is that is that correct? Is that correct, Florence?
1: It was it was a host of different things. It was a it was uh, the anemic boyfriends and uh, Grace Jones and. Oh, a few uh, oh will powers a few tracks but uh, and he sort of sent it was a text uh with just links because because he knew i was nervous about going to the rehearsal because i kept sort of putting it off and i think he just sent it just to sort of uh, affirm like you can do whatever you want like we're not we don't think you're going to come in and like belt out a tune yeah. like if like you can approach vocals in any way like here are a few vocals i love that are not sort of like fantastic uh that sounds wrong because obviously grace jones is a fantastic (laughs) singer what i mean is you know it's not people who've kind of like you know what i'm saying Um, super gifted
2: multi-octaves yeah exactly yeah yeah
1: yeah. exactly exactly people where they were sort of born to sing you know right (laughs) i think he just wanted to yeah, kind of turned down the heat on on uh, on what was expected of me, and that I could do it in a creative way.
2: Had you ever done? Um, so, so this is your first band. Had you ever performed mm. publicly as a poet or any other kind of spoken word artist? Like you mentioned your visual art art background, but have you done, yeah. Had they seen you do something? Uh, that the rest of the band had they seen you <laughs> do something in public where they thought, yeah, Florence can do this, or no? No.
1: No. Um, That's fascinating.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I had I had written, I'd done little bits of writing that went along with my drawings, almost like captions. I'd done those at college. I went to college with Tom, who plays the guitar in dry cleaning. And um, he'd seen those. But in terms of sort of speaking publicly, the closest I'd... Uh, got to it was uh, I was teaching in art schools which obviously sort of involves addressing a room Uh, and I'd yeah learned learned poems by heart and read them out when I was seven at school or whatever
2: (laughs) that was it okay that was it so Lewis did you in thinking about having Florence in the band musicians can be very serious people let me just level with you They're very serious. They can be very like, Oh, I want to be taken way too serious. I want to be taken seriously. There's no fooling around. We don't like comedy. We're just a serious. Oh, look at us brooding photos. But my thing is like this band could have gone any, like I said earlier, I think it's fair to say this band could have gone in any which direction based on your front person. Did you as a band think it would be nice if this was kind of a laugh? This would be fun. Like it could be like someone who's like
4: almost Uh. a comedian
2: on some level. Did you have those thoughts?
4: Well, like I was saying, it was more of a social gathering. Right. We hadn't, we never, we never planned on really playing any shows. We kind of, we, when we recorded the first EP, the only reason we recorded it was just to document what we were doing at that point. And our friend Christian owed Nick a favor, but I'd also played in kind of some of his bands and kind of, kind of, he, he was kind of, he kind of mainly owed Nick a favor. For, I think Nick played some drums with him at some point. So we went in and uh, just for a day, just to record, just to document where we were at that point. And some of the songs wasn't even finished or weren't finished, uh, like magic and Megan, we were about to just stop recording. And then we were like, Oh, we've got this one idea. And he was like, Oh, let's just lay it down. And then it's become, became like our first single, I guess. Um, so a lot of it was just like snapshots at certain points. And then from that, he, some of his friends were playing a show and then they asked us to play a gig with them. And then they're having a garden party where Christian lives. So we played their garden party and then shows just started coming in. And, um, but yeah, we still never thought about – we weren't going to be a band who just like played regularly live or even really put out music.
2: So a lot of happenstance in this whole story on some level. Is that fair? Uh,
4: yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And, and as a result, the, the, what our main aim for it was just to be fun. Right. Um, and just to be like a fun social like gathering. That's
2: the other thing you might be familiar with in particular, Lewis, is uh, the band you take the most serious does okay, but then the thing you're kind of doing as a goof – takes off i've had that a bunch of times yeah uh and i and i'm like why but the thing i care about why they're like no 10 people are going to come to that thing but the other thing that you don't care about five thousand people are going to show up you're like what it doesn't (laughs) make any sense anyway sorry that's just my own history here but florence i I didn't know it's
1: i i relate to that a lot
2: (laughs) right coming from your background you'd have the same thing right because you're you're doing this and it's fun but it seems to me i don't know if you feel this way but it could have gone either way if you, you would probably have been like, yes, yeah. it, there's 10 people here. I understand that. But now you're at 700 people in Tokyo and you're trying to understand yeah. that. Is that fair?
1: It's certainly the thing I've done in my life where I, I tried, I, I've tried the least. <laughs> and, um, and, and also not just try, not just tried the least, but, um, actively, uh, didn't give a shit whether people would understand it or yes. not. Yes. Whereas before, I was always making things thinking very much about the audience. Right. And, and really dearly wanting people to understand it. And doing this, as Lewis is saying, because, because it was never a plan for anyone to hear it, it was like, whatever. I mean, like a lot of times in the rehearsal room, it's hard to hear the vocal anyway. So, yeah, so kind of purely, to begin with, at least, and even still now, there are there are times when we're writing where it really is just for me. I mean, like, because I am literally the only person who can hear it. And obviously, I have an, a knowledge now that there's going to be an audience at some point. But I don't know, whenever we're playing or writing, my brain doesn't ha- really have the capacity to think about that many things. Yeah. I kind of just think about doing it. So at least while we're writing, I really am just thinking about what I think of it. <laughs> fair fair, fair um, enough. And that's 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 the first time I've ever done that. In the in the past, I so I so dearly wanted to do something that connected with people.
4: Yes, that I it, it's all I was thinking about. Right,
2: right. Um, and
4: that I, I, can I add to that as well? Yeah. I think I think that's kind of I've said this recently. I think part of what I think anyway is the secret of like our success in whatever way Um, because there's an honesty to like, I think how everyone performs and how everyone writes. It's just, we're kind of writing for ourselves and for each other at the moment. And when we're writing, we never think about where it's going to go. We never think that we're going to be playing uh, this song 13 hours in the future in New Zealand. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So
2: again, I think there's just like going with the flow for everyone involved. That's important. And it's hard to do that because people want to take it very seriously. Uh, Florence, I earlier uh, was mentioning to Lewis that uh, musicians can take themselves very seriously. I was suggesting that you have a comedic lilt uh, to your approach. And I realized as I was saying it, uh uh-oh, what if she's a serious musician and she doesn't like that I'm saying this? Do you view yourself? Because I I will say, and we will go through some lyrics, I hope, in the time we have left. I, I really appreciate the poetry of what you're doing. I appreciate the observational quality to it. I appreciate because you're a shuffler, the decontextualized nature of it, like it feels very much like found sound conversations that make it in. And you're like, I know that that's part of your process. So it makes it make more sense to me, even though sometimes it doesn't cohere in a traditional sense. All this to say, are you a serious person? Are you a self-serious person? Or do you feel like you're trying to bring a fun aspect to this band, because your vocals are very high in the mix. You are a focal point here. It's not like a tossed off idea that we're going to have this sort of quasi spoken word singer. It seems very deliberate, but do you take it like, are you insulted when people say, Oh, that's very funny? Or, or are you like, good?
1: <laughs> oh, no. I mean, if, if it, I think I take, I do take it very seriously. Yes, I am quite a. I think I'm probably quite a serious person, but I don't consider something being funny to to not be serious. That is, (laughs) you know, I kind of I care a lot about about humor. You know, it's probably one of the things I think about the most. I'm one of those annoying people where occasionally, if something's funny, I'll want to talk about why. Which is like a nightmare. That's like the most boring thing you can do. You know, like analyze the funniness of something. It totally kills it like immediately.
2: Well, and maybe when I mean, I'm
1: a, when I'm yeah. in a when I'm in a group, I do have to like try to not do that. Like not talk about like oh, that's really funny because uh, when he said that earlier, it was like this, da, 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 da. and I can see that people are like yeah, yeah, like. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're ruining, you're so ruining like, the kind yes. of
2: thing we liked about it by it, talking about it too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. I do uh, I do things like that sometimes. So it's kind of, yeah, both, I guess. I I I really like silliness. I like to be silly. It's like one of the things that I, it calms me the most. I'm happiest when things are just kind of absurd and unexpected things happen. I really like silliness.
2: Well, it seems to me maybe and I, I know you mentioned some potential influences and whatnot, but are you someone who feels like just being a lead singer in a band is inherently sort of silly? Like just the. the totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, I think it's, I think it's like my main sort of hook into this role of being the front person in that I find it really easy to sort of laugh at the whole premise. Yeah. And and also laugh at the, at the fact that it's me doing it. I feel, I feel an unlikely person. And also something I do find funny is like that there are lots of times when I find it kind of inherently painful to be the front person. Yeah. And that, that is funny to me, like the idea of somebody sort of squirming the whole time, but doing this thing that is like basically about showing off or often about showing off. Or wanting lots of attention, but it's like, if you don't want it, I don't know, there's something just funny about that to me. And I don't mean, I don't even mean sad, funny. I mean, literally funny. I do find the whole thing very amusing. (laughs) It's kind of of tragic. It's something like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's Um, tragic?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it just seems like... A hilarious thing to accidentally wind up doing.
2: Yeah. No, that's Uh, what I'm, I think that's, that's (laughs) what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. I want to read uh, some lyrics here from, uh, Quenchy Cups. I alluded to this song earlier. By the way, I had to Google Quenchy Cups to be like, what in the hell is a Quenchy Cup? And it turns out, is it like a little juice box or something? Or
4: is that right. right? What normally happens is when we have these like jam sessions, moments, uh, Nick will record them to his phone so we don't forget them. And he will just name it whatever we've been talking about or the first thing that comes to his mind. And sometimes it sticks as a title. And I guess that's one I of see. those situations. Yeah.
2: Lewis, do quenchy cups still exist?
4: I think so. Yeah. They're, um, okay. I, they, they probably I, should be banned by now. It's one of those ones that's got lots of like illegal e numbers and chemicals. And I, I don't think they taste googled, good.
2: <laughs> I googled it. I googled it and I don't think I could find uh, a product. Uh, before like after 1998. So yeah, I feel like they're, something they're, happened. Mm, <laughs> There'd be a shop I think somewhere. That's about
1: the last time I drank one. Yeah. <laughs> I th- yeah. I we used to get given them at school. And I think, yeah, 98 is probably the last yeah. time I had a quenchy cup. I want
2: to, I want to <laughs> read a couple of sections here, uh, because this made, uh, my wife laugh a lot today. I'm pro tidy. Oh, I'm glad to is hear that it. A, Yeah. I just want <laughs> you to know I'm pro tidy. A lot of faff. Don't push the door. Automatic door. St. Mark's trousers, my trousers, your trousers. Can you not? And then later, a polite bus border, a seat swapper, secret filmer. All of this makes me laugh. I will tell you that. I picture it all happening. But uh, what does being pro-tidy mean exactly? That's the one where my my wife literally said, did she just say I'm pro-tidy? I really like that. And she sent it to her friends who have like British... I don't know. She viewed it as kind of British or something. Is that an expression? What does that mean?
1: Ah. No, it's <laughs> not an expression. Um, <laughs> it's always a surprise to me when things come across as British because, yeah, <laughs> it's your, obviously it's, your, it's a byproduct. it's a byproduct delivery. Yes, <laughs> it's a byproduct of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, yeah, it's not intentional, but um, yeah, pro tidy. I think I was just I just like be I like to be tidy. <laughs> but maybe it's maybe it's <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's it's also to do with you know so i often struggle to be organized you know so it's i'm sort of doomed to be a person that loves tidiness but just like can't be or struggles to be so this
2: is autobiographical i sorry i said earlier that this feels yeah. very observational like maybe you overheard someone say something Uh, is there some balance between what you're conveying about yourself and what you're just picking up from people as you're walking around?
1: It's a blurred, it's a blurred thing, you know, like some of it will be, I feel like, but that's like the mind, isn't it? You know, it's like your own stuff and other people's stuff all just sort of in a big soup, which is sometimes one of the things that makes it hard to think. You know, Mm. sometimes if you're, if you're like empathetic or whatever, especially, you know, if you're alone, you can kind of connect with what your thoughts actually are, but around other people, or or also perhaps if you're anxious, Hmm. I'm a bit anxious. And uh, yeah, I find that sometimes my thoughts and feelings, other people's thoughts and feelings and things that you see and things you hear are all just like a big (laughs) flan.
2: Yeah, I I don't uh, want to play this callback too hard, but it seems to me your whole brain might be on shuffle. Like you, you, you just everything
1: is like <laughs> I mean I w- you know yeah maybe
2: not in a bad way I
1: think but I mean who's but also is anyone's not yeah I mean yeah. I, I and maybe maybe some people are just very sort of uh one track and uh, are able to kind of Maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe you have to be a Zen master or something or uh, maybe that's a different, we met one, we met one one just a week ago. But anyway, yeah, we did. So maybe that's the thing, but yeah, for me, yeah.
2: Okay. No, I I, I appreciate (laughs) that. It's loud,
1: it's loud in there.
2: It's loud in your brain, in your mind? Yeah. Okay. I can tell. I just want you to know. (laughs) I can kind of tell. Uh, Lewis, do you have any take on uh, Florence's uh, lyrics on this particular record, and within that, I wonder if you, I know uh, my condolences to you, Lewis, in particular. I understand you lost someone very close to you, and I'm going to ask you to speak on that because I think it's relevant uh, to this band and this record. Can you talk a little bit about the circumstances in terms of making this record and, and how you feel they might inform maybe what Florence is uh, singing about and maybe also the mood of the record generally?
4: Yeah, sure. So, uh what was it? A week after New Long Leg came out, uh, my mum passed away. And uh, she was a big uh, champion of the band, like a big reason why the band started, really. like I think she encouraged Florence to kind of con- continue coming to rehearsals and kind of, when I talk about the social uh, gathering that Dry Cleaners started as, I think my mum was kind of a part of that as well. And kind of, she was the one who was kind of like feeding and entertaining us. So she'd been ill for like three years by this point like terminally ill we kind of knew she was gonna kind of go at some point um
2: i'm so sorry i'm I'm so sorry for you i i feel
4: very fortunate in lots of ways because when she first got diagnosed she had two months to live and she lived for like another three so i got to know her a lot better and she kind of got to see me get to a point like artistically and kind of like career-wise with this band where things were kind of about to start kind of like a and, uh, yeah. the record came out and went to number four in the album charts. And then she died like two days later. So I was kind of like, I was always quite happy that she got to see that because she got to see, because yeah. she'd been really supportive. Like my bass, she like, she bought me my bass and kind of like, uh, she'd like, always been really supportive, like, and kind of helped me do music as much as she could and as much as I could. So that, that was always nice to see. So there's lots of blessings within her death that I feel fortunate about. But yeah, we were writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the months before she passed away, the day before she passed away, we was in the studio. The day she got uh, put into a hospice, uh, and then we kind of started writing again, like two weeks later. And I think uh, and the, that's uh, the, all the, for this record. This, yeah, record yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think okay. um, the distraction that the band gave myself, but also like each other and my family as well, at that point where. It was like a very confusing, obviously time. I think was a uh, extremely like helpful and powerful. um And I think Florence's like humour within her lyrics, kind of the sadness to the humour, like the quick snap, is one of my favourite things in life. I've definitely like I've never laughed as hard as kind of like the day my mum died. Kind of like and like moments of waiting outside the hospital, kind of like waiting for bad news. Kind of like sat in the car with my family and we're kind of joking and throwing around jokes and like. Yeah, that kind of humor kind of like keeps you alive, but also it's, it's, it's amazing. And uh, I think Florence kind of does that well in her lyrics as well, how there's really, it'd be like comical and then she goes like a really serious lyric, like uh, it's Europe always gets me in the strong feelings. And uh, yeah, those moments I really enjoy.
2: Well, I want to say that I appreciate your candor and I appreciate, this is heartening to hear if I may, like that's that's lovely. And um, again, I, I my condolences to you and your family, but it it sounds like uh, you see blessings in there. Uh, speaking of lyrics that might capture uh, such moods, again, I don't mean to dwell on quenchy cups, but the first line, things are shit, but they're going to be okay. This it's is kind of how it. I've been feeling this for like the last two <laughs> odd years, let's say, in particular. Like things seem bad. Uh, Florence, uh, like I, I was trying to get to earlier uh, in terms of autobiography, it does seem like you approach your songwriting from... Uh, a balance of autobiography and universal kind of themes. Um, How did this circumstance for the band in particular, uh, can you see it? I know it might be hard for you to be objective, but do you see how it informed where you went with some of your ideas as a lyricist here?
1: Very much. I think there were definitely moments that felt so bald in a way where emotions were so raw and real things were happening, (laughs) you know, not just kind of like, oh, you've had a bit of a bad day or whatever, but, you know, life things where you are coming to terms with the end of somebody's life, an incredibly important person, the end of their life, and you're you're facing the fact that they're not going to be around anymore and what that means for the people around them, like real, real things. I think certainly I felt unable to write In as much of a veiled way as I had before, you know, things like things are shit, but they're going to be okay, kind of is so basic (laughs) in some ways. And I had, I don't think I'd really written like that before. I think I was always interested in layering things and maybe even trying to disguise feelings or, yeah, trying to, trying to, trying to write things that had multiple, multiple interpretations but I think a lot on this record, there's more writing that is, is a bit more automatic, where there's a sense that we needed to write things to hold ourselves together, you know? And so it just felt more direct. Yeah. Somehow, if that makes sense.
2: It does. One of the, ca- yeah. I alluded to one of the catchiest songs on the record, uh, Gary Ashby. And I mm. wonder if, so on the surface of it, just so people understand, it's a, it's about your family. A, is it your family's tortoise, Florence? No. Okay. But it's about a family <laughs> no. that names their tortoise, like it, it has their family name, basically. Is Sorry, yeah. I'll just read. It. Yeah. We gave you our family name in the lockdown you escaped. Gary Ashby, it was a bad surprise. Have you seen Gary? So people are clearly missing their tortoise. On the surface, very funny. Yeah. But what, what I couldn't help mm. but think of is, oh, this is Florence thinking about family the dynamic of family mm. as Lewis and others in yeah. your band struggled with the difficulty of, you know, being in a family, the joy and pain of being in a family. So I wonder if that's what you mean, Like yeah. it's kind of a veiled way of talking about family dynamics and what you go through as a family mm. together, losing a pet. Mm. In this case, sorry, yeah. it's a little absurd, but I feel like that's, sorry, I don't mean to no. disparage the tortoise community, But I don't know too many people who have this situation where it runs off. How can it even run? Anyway, my point is, uh, (laughs) is that a way of you metaphorically dealing with something personal?
1: Totally. I always thought of that song as being about family chaos. Yes. And uh, difficult things. And it, it really occurred to me the other day that it's sort of written from the perspective of a child, which I didn't really realize until quite recently I was like this is weird I'm sort of like being a ch- I'm a, like a child okay. in this song yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't, that wasn't really something I thought about it just happened that way and um, yeah I just it's almost like thinking about that childlike perspective where bad things are happening that are grown up things but the sort of knock on effects are a child level things like things going wrong with pets or things being disorganized. Yeah, like that the thing about dad's got blood on his head. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I walking with my dad going to school. It really stuck in my mind. He walked past like this rose bush and it had big thorns on it obviously. And it scratched the top of his head yeah. and this massive drop of really thick blood like rolled down his forehead. And it was like Very shocking Mm. to me as a child, because it was like that moment of like, oh, my dad can get hurt, (laughs) you know? And I'd really like never seen that before because I, I, you know, I thought of him as like a really tough, uh, yeah, just an untouchable guy. And this funny little accident happened just as we were walking to school and he was just kind of wiping off going, oh, scratched my head. And I was... And he thought it was nothing, you know, just wiped it off. But I was, like, shell-shocked. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's really stuck with me as something that was kind of quite – and, you know, maybe that's a little of of what we sort of saw in the last year or so, where something happens where you feel like you've leveled up a bit yeah. in life. Yeah. But you think, right, okay, bad things can happen. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that are maybe on a scale that I hadn't really sort of –
2: It's interesting to me that you invoked being shell shocked uh, when we were talking about a song about a tortoise. That was uh, (laughs) quite quite a connection that you made there. I never even. I'm shell shocked (laughs) by the song. In fact, no, I I, I appreciate everything (laughs) you're saying. um, And I and I are there there things about the record that people have processed in a way, Florence, in particular, that have surprised you. Like because I think uh,
1: always there are yeah yeah always. I think um, it astounds me that I just thought people would think it was a load of old nonsense maybe, or like, I don't know. Like when I, I know, I'm aware that the way I write is, can come across obscure. Obviously, I'm aware of that. Hmm. And I just, I'm always really pleasantly surprised by people's imaginations, how they can link things together that are... So the real reason things are written is so specific, really, and often so personal that there is no way somebody could know <laughs> why, why one line comes after another or something like that. But it still seems to come across in a whole variety of different ways. People apply their own stuff to it. And, and I, that thrills me, really. I think that's really great. I really like that.
2: I, I, I just want to say I appreciate what you were saying about being surprised that people thought or, re, or recognized maybe that that song, Gary Ashby, was being sung from a child's perspective. I don't want to go too far down this road, but how many of us have heard adults talk to their pets like they're babies? Oh, God. Guilty. That baby dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I allude to your singing have you seen Gary? Have you seen Gary Ashby? Like your voice is up like a child's almost. And so maybe that's what people are picking up on. That innocence of like, hey, can you help me? Where is Gary? And, and, but I think an adult with an animal becomes a yes. child and it's, it's right. very fascinating. Anyway, that's just my armchair psychology. I don't mean to bombard you with, but there's some, there's some to it there. And I feel like that's swimming around in this record that, um, Uh, The innocence of an adult and a child, I feel like, is swimming around quite like, maybe we'll see otters. Are there otters? We'll see this instead. Like, I I don't want to extract too much meaning from this, in a sense, because I, like you, I appreciate the mystery. But there is this, like, childlike curiosity to your lyrics here, in particular, that I find fascinating. And I think it speaks to kind of that family dynamic of, oh, my God, my dad can get injured? Oh my God, we're mortal beings? Like I didn't, I thought he would be here forever. That's a huge yeah. revelation for a child. Anyway, a yeah. uh, similar kind of question for you, Lewis. Is there anything about the reception to stump work or dry cleaning generally that has surprised you to the point where you're irritated? Where you're, <laughs> it's, not, it's not exactly the same question, but as you go forward, people voice things <laughs> upon you. You're this, you're that. Uh, is there anything that you're like, ah, the reception to this record or the band generally where you're like, cut it out, I, I enough, I don't want to hear this anymore? Anything like that?
4: You kind of touched on it earlier when you kind of just said post. There We went through, we're kind of out of the other side of it now, but we went for a long period where people just saw all spoken words well with a guitar as post-punk and that was the only that was all post-punk is is just spoken word with a guitar yeah um which i think kind of did benefit us when it came to the media slightly people would write articles about spoken words we kind of rode that wave a little bit yeah but um i hope with the new record we've kind of opened it up especially with like animals from the arctic to kind of show because I don't have an issue with the term post-punk. Most of the records I listen to are post-punk is just not the genre that people refer to it as now. I see it as like post-punk is like an early eighties thing. Yes. Kind of like a gang of I four kind of like, or something. Yeah. And kind uh-huh. of like, and we've like Grace Jones and kind of like, uh, like my favorite record labels is like Z records and kind of like, it's like noise to disco. And I kind of just call that all post-punk. Or kind yeah. Of like, obviously called, called no wave as well, but kind of like, I can't kind of just see that as like post-punk. So
3: yeah.
4: I hope we've kind of, That's opening it up a bit because it felt very lazy and it kind of got a bit boring after a while of just people calling it post punk. And I think I hope us as a band have kind of reopened up that term slightly. If people want to keep calling us post punk, that people kind of oh yeah, it's not just British bands who do spoken word and guitar.
2: Do you pay much attention? So did you are you just to focus in on stump work? Like, have you paid? Do you pay much attention, Lewis, to what people are saying about your band or this record?
4: Not really. No. I I think unlike the rest of the band, I quite like reading comments because I I think (laughs) I even, I look for the nasty ones. Right. Because it kind of, it it just amazes me that like, if there was a forum and and people were just talking about our band and people were saying horrible things about us, fine. But how, when people tag you and say nasty things, it just amazes (laughs) me how someone would do that. Yeah, someone just Uh, did that to me
2: recently. And I was like, what? Why? Really? Yeah. The yeah. first time ever, actually, I don't think I've had it with this show, but they didn't like something I did and uh, they tagged me. And I, you know what I got to do? I delete it.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it was one yeah, of those
2: exactly. ones where you can delete it. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm, why would I want this on my wall? It's my wall you're writing on there. So I deleted yeah. it. And then I found out on another thing, the same guy apologized to me. Oh, i sorry. I put that on your wall. Cause I, I took what they were saying. You know what? You were like me, Lewis. We have the negative bias. You can get 10 comments. Nine of them positive. The one negative, you're like, I'm writing to that person. I'm going to fix, I'm going to oh, change so, that person's mind, it. maybe.
4: Unfortunately, I don't write to them. <laughs> but, um, I, but I feel quite, com- I feel like I quite enjoy how kind of pathetic it is. I don't mind people saying bad things about us. <laughs> I guess I don't. I kind oh, of yeah. view it as pathetic. If you do it, if you do it directly to the band, and if it's like nasty things, I'm like, what are you trying to yeah, prove? Yeah, um, it's weird. So I quite enjoy it. Yeah. People
2: are weird. I feel like uh, there's the subtext of a lot of Florence's lyrics are that people are strange. And weird. People That's, that's what strange. I pick up on. Yeah. Anyway, listen, I uh, know you're in New Zealand and uh, there's lots going on there, so I don't want to keep you much longer. Uh, I appreciate this conversation. Uh, I love your band. I love this record. So congratulations uh, about all those things. Florence, uh, I usually wrap up things by asking uh, questions about future plans. Lewis was just saying that you're on tour for the next 17 years, so that's all booked up. <laughs> there's nothing else for you to do. Yeah. And people, where can people go? Yeah. Here's my questions. Uh, are you working on new stuff? Uh, are there new songs percolating? Anything else new you want to tell us about? And, uh, and we can go back to Lewis for this. I usually ask people to tell me and my listeners where they can go to learn more things. Let's stick to the project oriented or plans things right now for you, Florence. What's coming up next for dry cleaning?
1: Well, yeah. So as you say, we're touring a lot, US, Europe, all start of next year. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the UK. And then we get a very rare bit of time off, which I'm
4: sure... Mm-hmm. Which we asked for. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah we, we asked should. for we it. Should. absolutely, yeah. Um, but I mean... Oh, Flo,
4: tell, them what, tell them how we, we got the time off. Do you remember who told us to take time off?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so <laughs> the, yeah, the catalyst for us getting time off was uh, Simon Le Bon of Duran Duran. Oh, what? <laughs> telling me... <That> was- <laughs> Telling me that we should, uh, we should make sure we got some time off. And uh, pretty much straight away, I went to Lewis, and I said, Simon, Simon's just told me that we should ask for some time off. And then I think we probably sent an email pretty much straight away. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, I messaged our <laughs> manager straight
4: away being like, we need time off, Simon Le Bon says. Sorry, was this a,
2: was this a dream you had or what was no, your no. running with Simon Le and bon su- all that?"
1: We supported them. They oh. played a show at Castle Howard, which is a big stately home in Yorkshire in the UK. And, um, uh, yeah, we supported them.
4: <laughs> nice. That's great. I mean, it, wasn't it, a was- festival. it was just us and them. Good. It was they just us have- and them. Yeah. I can see some kinship and there. And Simon Le Bon into our dressing room and was like, hello, Florence. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Nick. Hello, Tom. Knew all our names. Oh, amazing. And knew loads about us. It was so sweet.
2: I bet they're very yeah. nice people, I think, uh, you know, when you have uh, that much success so quickly, like, like you guys, in a sense. Although I think <laughs> they I think they were doing a fair amount before they really broke through uh, around the world, yeah. as I recall now. But uh, no, they probably saw some of uh, themselves and you guys somehow, maybe. I don't know. Who knows?
1: They were, they were extremely nice. And yeah, so, so a bit of time off. I mean, I'm, I tend to write all the time, you know, like when things come up, I'm always writing things in my phone. That's kind of primarily where I write, which is, doesn't sound very cool, but it's true.
2: Oh, everyone does. Um, everyone, people are yeah, making records right? on their it's phones. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, it's normal. So yeah, but I'm sure probably in that little bit of time off, we might. Might find time to do a little bit of writing around April, I reckon. We work pretty fast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good.
2: That's, that's great. So, uh, Lewis, sort of similar question from your perspective. Is there music, new music percolating between uh, the band itself uh, beyond what Florence is working on? If that makes Sorry, you're all in the same band. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? The <laughs> instrumentalists. Is there stuff percolating?
4: Well, normally it's all, it's all of us at the same time. Okay, kind of there you go. Create. Yeah. Um, and in Osaka, which was the last show we did, a kind of like an idea came out. Uh, which, as in, it, it's never kind of like someone's playing a part and they look at someone else in the band and be like, hey, do you mind playing on this? It's quite a natural, you know, everyone just starts playing. Yeah. And um, so we're kind of constantly writing and there's a few tracks and stump work which kind of came from, there's a period in lockdown... When new long leg came out where we had to do like lots of live sessions and there was live sessions which we couldn't travel to mm. so we'd kind of do a, like a day of live sessions for different platforms and a few songs came from that because we kind of just sat around with our instruments oh. and it's kind of when uh we're not thinking about writing i think it's our most prolific time as in i always say at the beginning of a rehearsal in the first like half hour while we're setting up and in the last half hour, when everyone's kind of given up, is when we write most of our parts. Kind of like, that's when, yeah, we can have an eight-hour rehearsal and in that first half hour and last half hour is where like 90% of ideas come from. It's
2: magical. I, I hope, I appreciate that you identify that. Uh, it is really letting go. It seems to me letting go for all of you has led to this, led to this success. And, and I mean success not in a crass way. I just mean like it's it's fulfilling when you create something this way. And uh, together, uh, like you're a real unit, and it, it, that's success to me, like spiritual success. I, I,
4: yeah. Well, I said this the other day, what um, I get excited about this band, as in what it's going to bring out of me, as in yeah. like musically, as in I get excited when. I'm Holding my bass with everyone else around the rest of the band around me to see what kind of comes out because we don't plan for it, we don't sit down and be like, Let's write a song like this. Let's kind of like, Oh, we should go like slightly higher tempo, or we need like a shorter song. Like, it just kind of what naturally comes out. So, that is what excites me most about this band. I think it's kind of, I've no idea what's what the next song's going to be. Yeah, that's and uh, great. it could be, it could be, it could be today. We could write five songs today and we can sound check, <laughs> like you never know. Yeah,
2: no, that's great. I, I, I really am happy for you. That's it's it's. This is even what you're describing is one in a million, uh, going back to what I said earlier. So I hope uh, it continues and it sounds like it will. So that's great. Uh, Florence, if people want to learn more about dry cleaning, uh, do you know where mm-hmm. to send them in terms of the computers and the yeah. phones?
1: I mean, our Instagram is extremely inactive, but it, it is where <laughs> a lot of information about us is. You know, we have a we have a website with merch and all that kind of thing. But yeah, our Instagram is probably the best place. It's at band. Yeah, we've got a link there with everything you'd want to know like tour dates and stuff like that. And we tend to post when either something fairly big happens or yeah, gigs really. So, yeah, it's all it's all there. That's the that's the port the portal.
2: <laughs> the portal is Instagram. Does uh, Florence does yeah. any one, does any one of you or more than one of you have the keys to the Instagram? Is someone is yes. anyone yes. a follow-up question? Is anyone forbidden? From having the keys to the Instagram.
1: (laughs) No, no, not at all. It's it's actually, it's pretty much the only place that you can reach us, like DM-wise and all that kind of thing. Like we actually we man it we're not particularly efficient at it but uh we are we we are there you know like we're on the other side of it so
4: okay that's (laughs) good and to to back that up and to back that up as in a guitar pedal company who i like sent us a message about a year ago being like hey do you want some free stuff and i haven't replied to them so people should be offended if we don't reply because even things i want yeah
2: lewis you better get on that uh, dm you need that stuff
4: I know exactly I I, I, I
2: need it (laughs) right. well this uh, I want to go out on a song uh, from Stumpwork and I wonder uh, okay this is always curious when I have two people on from the same band uh, I'm going to pick one of you to choose it but it's subject to debate one of you can veto the other one and then we have to go through like a parliamentary procedure to get the song approved It's, it's a bit arduous but I hope we can have some agreement I guess is where I'm coming from Florence, yeah, I'm going to ask you to pick the song. Louis, this means you have veto power and you can pick something else and we can have a debate. Florence, can you pick a song from the new album for us to play uh, for people right now?
1: Yeah, I, I would choose No Decent Shoes for Rain.
2: And why would you choose that song?
1: I'm really fond of it. It's my favorite at the moment. We also recorded it. It's a first or second take. So it was a bit of a surprise that it turned out you know, that we like it so much, you know, we don't usually just rattle things off like that. And I think we all thought it was like a first run through, but there was just something a bit magic about it.
2: Does this not also uh, have a complimentary reality TV style music video?
1: Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah,
2: it does. <laughs> some behind the scenes footage <laughs> and I I think think about that. Spy, <laughs> spy footage, it seems like, like some of you don't even yeah. know you're being filmed through windows and you're putting on yeah. your mask and just trying to live your lives, and someone's yeah. surveilling you. Is that okay? I, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm describing it's it for everyone. <laughs> it's
1: shot like we shot it. It's us filming it. I think yes. almost exclusively, but yeah, it's so it's a little bit while we're on tour and a little bit at Rockfield where we recorded the album. Yeah, uh, lots of us sitting on sofas, basically.
2: I feel like I got to know you <laughs> from that video a little bit. Like, I, I will say oh, it was nice. very, has an intimacy, in, intimacy to it. Like, I, I saw your, I got your personalities came through and, uh, it, it made me relax a little bit because we don't know each other. I didn't know what it was going to be like. Uh, you know, you're very serious. So we are agreed. You're self-serious musicians. Don't like to have a laugh. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. It's very, it's very funny and very, uh, charming. Uh, uh Louis, the ball's in your court. Do you veto this selection or do you agree?
4: It was a lovely selection wasn't it? uh I agreed with all of I've never been in a debate class before we don't have debate class in the u k but um, I do agree with all of florence's points uh it is also one of my favorite songs on the record, and it's one of my favorite songs to currently perform live. we get to uh I get to improvise a bit kind of in my parts towards the end of the song, which um I always quite enjoyed doing as well but I feel like you've mentioned Crunchy Cups quite a lot of times now, and I feel like your audience kind of need to hear that song.
2: Well, here's the thing: by the time they hear this, I, I will have made it so that the the introduction of this episode, let's say under the under when I introduce you guys in post production, really behind the mirror here, I'll put Crunchy <laughs> Cups there, and it'll be like a bed. Uh, well, I, I
4: take I take back my my point then and uh, no it's it's a valid
2: valid point i'll give them a little (laughs) sip of quenchy cups if you know what i'm saying and then it'll fade out and then we'll be talking they'll hear us talking for like an hour and then at the end they'll hear this song and uh, no decent shoes for rain and uh that's it that's how it'll work is that does that make sense
4: that makes a lot of sense I've, I, and, and I think that's a, that's a good, that's like a nice happy meeting. Everyone's happy. Everyone's yeah. happy. This song, by
2: the way, <laughs> I don't know if this is a coincidence, references New Zealand. Did you oh, did you know yeah. that when you
1: picked it? No.
2: <laughs> it's another creative control miracle. All right, let's just hear it right know, now. Well, and-
1: but you know what? You know what the problem with that is? Okay. Every time we play somewhere and the name of the place is is in the song, I get really distracted and I forget the words. Like, this happens in... Uh, I remember the first time... We it played. in Tokyo. Yeah, it happened in Tokyo. The first time we played in the Netherlands, there's a line in Strong Feelings that goes, uh, figures in a Dutch landscape. And I completely oh. zoned out <laughs> immediately after that line because I was oh, no. obviously sort of staring at a room full of Dutch people and... Uh, yeah, so, so something sh- something short-circuited in my brain <laughs> at that moment, and then I forgot all the rest of the words. So that's probably going to happen tonight uh, with uh, this. Well, it, it also
2: it also may happen in it, it may happen in New Zealand. It mm. may also have to happen in France, Switzerland, Northampton, Exeter, and Egypt.
0: <laughs> They're all mentioned. <laughs> These are all things you got to mark
2: on your calendar. It's like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, anyway, I, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Just making jokes. This is No Decent Shoes mm-hmm. for Rain by the wonderful band Dry Cleaning from their beautiful album Stump Work, one of the best of 2022. Florence, Lewis, I, I really enjoyed this myself. I hope you did too. I and I hope yeah. we speak again someday. Best of luck in the future.
1: Thanks very much, Peach. Thank you very much. Lovely to meet you. France, Switzerland, Northampton, Exeter, Egypt It won't do to cry about it I've seen a rap I've seen a guy cautioned by police for rollerblading Let's smoke and drink and get fucked I don't know Let's eat pancakes Take control of my mind or body anytime. Why do I trust you? The answer is I don't and I never will. Let's eat pancake. I'm bored, but I get a kick out of buying things. Autonomy well, can be found at the shops. For me.
2: This has been a pretty great year for me in terms of music discovery. Just uh, getting into bands that I've kind of heard about a little bit and then actually digging into their catalogs or their new records and whatnot and uh, feeling that that feeling of like, holy lord, this is great. It's exciting to discover new music. Dry cleaning is no exception to this. I just want to thank Florence and Lewis for making time for me uh, to talk about dry cleaning on this The 740th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts, pretty much. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative or you can follow me directly on Instagram and Twitter and Hive which may or may not replace Twitter for me, I don't know, at Vishkana, Also, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain and support the work that is done on this uh, otherwise independent podcast. Uh, $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive content like uh, uh, you get the episodes early. Uh, Sometimes I dig into my audio archives and uh, resurrect some old tape from previous radio or print interviews and I put them up there. As we're speaking, I'm, uh, I enjoyed uh, watching Steve Martin and Martin Short uh, host uh, Saturday Night Live because I have to review it for a magazine. And I watched it. I just qualified that because <laughs> people are like, you watching SNL every Saturday? I'm like, yeah, well, I have to. It's part of my job. But I love them so much and uh, I talked to them three, four, five years ago. It was a, a true honor to talk to Steve Martin and Martin Short. That's the kind of stuff. That wasn't meant for the radio. It was meant for a print thing, but I find it in my hard drives and whatnot, and I say, hey, let's just, let's present this. So anyway, it's that kind of stuff. And also, if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control T-shirt at that $6 or more level, message me on Patreon, and I'll get you one while supplies last. Thanks again to the wonderful Alberta record business, <laughs> record retailer, Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and uh, order things from. Uh, their website there, blackbird.ca. also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on Creative Control. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Dry Cleaning. I hope you found it interesting and compelling, and if you don't know the band, you'll check them out. And if you do know the band, I hope you gain some insight into them as people and their process and i hope you will subscribe to this podcast or follow it on whatever you use and tell your friends all about it that helps a lot all right i gotta go i'll talk to you very soon bye for now